Welcome to the Living Waters Church Sunday Sermon. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now let's listen in with Pastor Jay Petty. You know, God is moving us in a direction. Or He's trying to move us in a direction. Over the last weeks, we've been talking about grace and, and the law. The law was the influence of the Old Testament. Grace is the influence of the New. The Old Testament, everyone was ruled by the law. Everyone. Under the New Testament, it's grace. And, and the thing is, is that divine influence in the heart. That's what I want to talk about this morning, but in a different way. That we begin to realize that God wanted to rule man out of his heart. He wanted to speak to man out of his heart. He wanted to lead man out of his heart. So that it would be a very simple thing for Christians to walk with God because they were being moved by what God was influencing them in their heart to do. And in the world in which we live, sometimes it's hard because we have all the rules and regulations and laws of, of the land, and then we go to church and we have those there too. And yet God wanted it a different kind of life for those who believe in His Son. And He wanted an intimate relationship with each of us so that uh, we all would know that he's a present God and that Jesus Christ is the King of kings and the Lord of lords of our heart. God has given us his Holy Spirit for a reason and for a purpose. God the Holy Spirit is God. He's no less than any of the other, father or son. They're all the same. They're all co-equal in power and glory. Though the Holy Spirit will not take any recognition of, upon himself, he will recognize Jesus Christ, who will recognize the Father, and he will speak the words that God gives him to speak to you and to lead you and to direct your path. That was God's attention from the beginning. That's the way it was in the garden when God would come and speak to Adam and Eve in the, in the cool of the day. It was always about an intimate relationship that God would move them from his spirit in theirs. I want to tell you something. God's spirit. God is spirit. That's who he is. He speaks spirit to spirit. Your spirit to his spirit, from his spirit to your spirit. And so... If we move in this direction, we begin to understand that God had a plan of newness of life, a new life. Not like the old one, not like the old way we walked, not under the same manners in which we walked, but a new life. That's what the scripture says, a newness of life, a new way of the spirit. Why? Because God is a God. He says, you're his sons and daughters. And he wanted to make you and, and lift you to the same caliber that he is by spirit. So here we begin. In Galatians 5.15, it says, if you are led by the spirit, you are not under law. Now, we know that if we're not under law, we're under grace, right? It's pretty interesting as we be, if we begin to change the terminology of what grace is for a little bit. 
In Romans it says, if you're, if you're not under, under law, we're not under law but under spirit. I mean under grace. Now grace means divine influence. You've got to understand that. But what is that divine influence? That divine influence is the Holy Spirit that God has given to you. So the God, the Holy Spirit, the divine influence is influencing you to walk with him and to hear his words so that he can speak into your heart. What does he give you? He gives you all kinds of things. He gives you peace. He gives you joy. He gives you love. He gives you wisdom. He gives you revelational knowledge. He gives you everything that you have need of to be in a relationship with him. Now, grace means much more than one might think. It's a power and a change of nature. When we were in the world, we lived by the nature of the world. But when grace came and we received grace, the, our nature changed. We be, our nature became like God's nature. It is a divine nature. I love it. We're, influ we're influenced by a divine, but you're divinely influenced because we're divinely changed into the image of God's Son in our heart. In Romans it says that in our spirit man, in our inner man, is created in true righteousness and holiness. So the inner man, the spirit man, our spirit man, the spirit man that God has regenerated is a spirit man that is righteous and holy before God. And here's where you're going to struggle at. You're going to struggle between the spirit and the soul. Because the soul is made up of mind, will, and emotion. And that's who's been governing our life. Think about it. So what God wanted to do was to lead us by his spirit. You know what that means, right? He wanted to take you and say, hey, guys, let's go over here and let's talk to the Ethiopian eunuch. Or let's go over here to Samaria and let's preach the word and we want to save this whole place. Or let's, or let's be uh, uh, Peter of an upper room when the when, the, when God gives him a vision of all these unclean things and he's telling them to clean and eat. See, God was working in man by his spirit. And God has chosen man to release the word of God by man through the spirit. How do I know that? Because on, when, when Peter went to Cornelius' house, the thing that happened in that place was Peter said, why have you called me to this place? And he said, because God told us to send for you to give us the message. So what is the message? Preach to us that message. And as Peter began to preach the message, God the Holy Spirit fell in that place and got all over that whole house. I hope you get in the picture now. The wind blows where it wills, and so is everyone who is born of the Spirit of God. God wants to lead us. 
Gene comes here every Sunday and says, God has a plan for us today. Isn't it amazing that when you're walking in that place, you realize that God has a plan for you every day to direct your path where he wants you to go. John 16, 13 says, However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will what? He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you of things to come. So the spirit of truth, that's who we're speaking to, will guide you. How does he guide you? By leading you. And it, let's put it this way. I don't want to confuse anyone. When you came into this relationship with Jesus Christ by faith, God gave you his spirit. And the intent of God's heart from that point on was that the God of creation that lives in you would begin to move you and direct your path through life. That God the Holy Spirit would show you and teach you the things that you need to know. First John says that we have an anointing, and that anointing teaches us all things. Same anointing is the Spirit of the living God. It is the same word as Messiah, the anointed. So, God said, this is what Jesus said. When he... When he, who? He, the Holy Spirit, comes. The Holy Spirit did not come until the day of Pentecost upon the church. Yes, he said, he is with you, but soon he will be in you. Who's that? God, the Holy Spirit, will be in you. Where? In your spirit, man. Now, I'm telling you, all of us, we, we kind of have our spirit man hampered off. Kind of closed off, you know. We, we really don't let him out to accomplish his purpose in our life. We just kind of do the, I want to say it this way, the religious thing instead of the thing that he desires of us. God is God. Look, he created the heavens and the earth. He made everything. He's all-powerful, almighty, and yet he has chosen us to be the instruments which he lives in. You ever woke up in the morning with a song going off in your head? Boy, I do. It's always something, you know. It's like I wake up and it's like God speaking in my ear. You know, that song they sang last week about, you know, uh, drawing near to God, you know. What was the name of that song, Gene? The one a, a drawing near to God? Huh? Huh? Oh, Lord, I need you every hour. I need you. Oh, Jesus, my blessed Savior, I come to thee. So I wake up in the morning, and this song is going off in my head. And, and, and I already know because it's going off in my head. God's talking to me. You need me today. And we do. We need God. 
You know, we, we should just back up for a moment and realize that when we're at work, God's there. There's got to be a consciousness of God being with us wherever we go, because he is. Have you ever gotten into a situation when you just didn't know what to do? You start getting frustrated and flustered by whatever it is you're facing? Have you ever just stopped to say, Lord, I need your wisdom in this because I really don't know what to do? And all of a sudden, the answer comes to you almost immediately. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, it was all, the answer was already there, always there. That's how the Spirit of God leads. When we start to lean on Him, we start to lean into Him. Lord, teach me. Lord, show me. Lord, reveal to me. Lord, speak to me. Lord, strengthen me. Lord, encourage me. Lord, I need you. Oh, Lord, I need you. Every hour, I need you. Oh, Jesus, my blessed Savior, I come to you. I promise you that we go through our day and maybe we might have a morning devotion, but we don't think about God the rest of the day. And God is thinking about us all day long, trying to invade our life, no matter where we're at. Romans 8, 12 says, Therefore, brethren, we are not debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. That's a sinful nature. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. Now, that should be a sobering statement, even for Christians to realize is that God expects us to live in a different place. I think the biggest battle we have as Christians is with our flesh. Right? Don't we wrestle with it all the time? Knowing that we should do this and we end up doing that. You know? Where are we living? I'll say some of you are probably still living under the law in some form or fashion. And you haven't realized that the law does not exist where grace exists. Because God never intended us to walk with him by any other means than by his spirit. But if if by the Spirit you will put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Sons mean matured, grown up all the way. Not on milk anymore. Eating meat, eating meat, the meat of the Word. So here it is. The Spirit of God is in you to do what? To put an end to the works of your flesh. To bring it to an end. That's why when you're not doing what he wants you to do, he convicts you. He'll warn you. 
He'll warn you before you get ready to do something that you're not supposed to do. And he'll jump up inside of you, and you'll know what he's saying. Don't do that. You'll know it. That's how God the Holy Spirit works in us. He just doesn't jump up inside of us and tell us not what to do, but he comes up on the inside of us, leading us to do what God's purpose is in our life. I can tell you that there's not a person in this room that doesn't know Jesus that hasn't felt God tugging at their heart. Tugging. It may be for prayer. It may be for the Word of God. It may be to do something for Him. It may be to do something that He wants you to do. But you feel it. You feel it. And that's God's Holy Spirit in you, working in you to bring an end to you and to the nature of sin in you, to bring life in you, to lift you up out of that place that you are in so that you can walk with God. See, that's what God wants. God's a good father. But you know God won't force you against your will. If you, that thing jumps up inside of you and says, don't do that, you know what? If you go ahead and do it, it may feel good for the moment, but when it's all done, you know what's going to happen? You're going to feel convicted. Put it this way. If he says, don't eat that next piece of pie, and you do, you're going to get spanked. I have to learn that lesson the hard way. Galatians 4.6 says, Because you are sons, God has sent uh, forth his spirit of his son into your hearts. I don't want to do the crying thing because he's father. But the point I want to bring is that God, the father, has sent forth his spirit of his son the Holy Spirit of God, in your hearts because you believed in Him. So the Holy Spirit lives in you. I'm sorry, wherever you take the Holy Spirit, whatever you do, the Holy Spirit's there. If you're doing evil, the Holy Spirit's there. If you're doing good, the Holy Spirit's there. If you're operating in your, in your sin, the Holy Spirit's there. Why? Because I want to tell you something. God wants you to live for him. This, this isn't about someone telling you how to live your life. This is about God living in you, telling you how to live your life. You cannot run away from that. There's no place that you can go that that doesn't exist. When God, God will give you an expectation of what he wants, and you know that's what he wants, and when you don't do that what God wants, you're disobedient. Send the simple thing. It's like when he says, let it go, and you hang on to it. And you let it eat at you and beat you up. And God says, let it go. 
and you're still holding on to it. It's in everything, in every way in our lives that God is working. Galatians 5, 16 says, I say then walk in the Spirit. Get that? I say then walk in the Spirit. I say then walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Why? Because the Spirit is not living in the flesh. And the Spirit will give you the power to live above the flesh. The Spirit will bring to death the deeds of the flesh by the grace that God has given you. Because why? Because He's divinely influencing your heart. And as He divinely influences your heart, it begins to reflect through your life and you quit doing the things that you used to do and you start doing the things that God wants you to do. The spirit against the flesh, the flesh against the spirit, they're contrary to one another. So you do not do the things you wish, but if you're led by the spirit, you are not under law. Wherever you're walking with God. I'm going to give you a little picture of what that means, other than what God's doing in your heart. God is leading you to walk a life of love. Not man's kind of love, but God's kind of love. That is agape. The love that he's already shed or brought in your hearts by the Holy Spirit to which he's given you. What does that love look like? It looks like what the Word says it is. You can't add to it. You can't take away from it. You can only walk in it. What is that? Love always edifies. Love never harms. Love covers a multitude of sins. Not yours. Well, you're yours from God, but yours, your love has to cover everyone else's sins towards you. It's got to bear all things, believe in all things, and hope in all things. Love is never envious or jealous. It is never proud. It's never boastful. It's none of those things. Love doesn't do that. Love doesn't say, look at me. It doesn't parade itself around and say, look at me. Love is an action. It is a movement of God in the believer. And it'll come and say, I want to encourage you. I want to edify you. I want to build you up. I want you to know that God loves you. I want you to know I'm here for you. I want you to know. I want you to know. Because love will always reach to demonstrate the very hand of God. That's where the Spirit of God is leading. is to bear the fruit of the character of God in your life. So what's that mean? What it means is very simply is when you're unloving, you get convicted. When you say ugly things, you get convicted. When you mistreat people, you get convicted. When you're walking in a very selfish way, you get convicted. Because that's not God. 
God, uh, God the Holy Spirit is working on the other thing. He's influencing your heart to walk away from the nature of, of the flesh that wants to gratify itself. In other words, quit pouting, beating yourself up, feeling sorry for yourself. Man up, stand up, and love. Forgive, let go. Let them go. Let it all go. Be at peace with God. That's the second step of love, is to have peace. Not some of the time, all the time. And if you think the enemy is not going to come and try to rob you of your peace by activating your flesh, you're wrong. What's the first thing that goes when you're not doing the will of God? What's the first thing that walks out the door? Is your peace. That's what happens. That's just a little sidebar I threw out there. Just for the heck of it. Galatians 5.25, it says... If we live by the Spirit, which we do, how do we know that we live by the Spirit? Because God has given us His Holy Spirit. Because His Holy Spirit lives in us. So the life of God is in us. It dwells in us. It's present in us right now. Whether we're acknowledging that or, or, or we're walking in that or not, it's there. God is there. But what Paul is saying, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. In other words, our daily walk must be the things of the Spirit. What do I mean? It's simple. Our daily walk has got to be love. You know what I mean by love? It means that when that person comes up to you and they're ugly and they're vicious and they say ugly things to you and you get all offended and hurt and you want to rip their head off and shove it down their throat, God is saying, you've got to let that part of it go and love them anyway. Love covers a multitude of sin. So when one slaps you on one side, give them the other side. Remember that? Jesus said, but if they come up here and they go, boom, turn the other side. Say, okay, you have this one too. If they take your coat, give them your cloak. They tell you to walk one mile, go two. Why? Because it is the demonstration of love. You don't do it under obligation. You do it out of the love of your heart because that's what pleases God. It's never going to be easy. But it's not impossible for us to get there. But what makes it impossible for us to get there is when we don't work at trying to build this relationship with God to bring about the transformation in our lives. Romans 6, 7 says, But now we have been delivered from the law, having died to what we were held by, so that we should serve in the newness of the Spirit 
not in the oldness of the letter. In the Old Testament, they served the oldness of the letter. Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not covet, thou shalt not commit adultery. That's how they lived their life. It was a self-righteousness. Now, what, what he's saying, what, what Paul is saying, now we serve in the newness of, or we serve in the new way of the Spirit. In other words, God's given you His Holy Spirit. Now He's saying, follow my Spirit. Do what my Spirit says in you. Let my Spirit lead you. Let my Spirit guide you. Walk with my Spirit, and you will, and you will, you will live that life. Behold, all things become new. The old things have passed away. What is that? That's the old nature. We're born again. We're blood bought. We're blood washed. We belong to Jesus. God has given us his spirit. He's given us everything that we need to live a life that is pleasing before him. But the problem is, we're not giving up our old life. For one reason or another. Most of it, I think, is legalism. We're still bound. Instead of saying, I've been set free from that. I don't live there no more. That doesn't live in me no more. I don't have to honor that no more. Now, what I honor is what God's Holy Spirit is saying in me. Any who is born of the Spirit is like the wind. You don't know where it comes. You don't know where it goes. So is everyone who is born. Everyone who is born of the Spirit of God. So our lives are supposed to be moved by the Spirit. We're going, we're coming, we're doing. We're being influenced by God to do it. We're walking, we're serving. Romans 6.4 says, Therefore, it says, We were therefore buried with him through a baptism of death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead to the glory of the Father, that we may live a new life. What life? Spirit life. The life of grace. The life of influence. The life where God becomes your God in you. I can't tell you how important it is to study the Word, not for knowledge, as, as much as it is to find out what God's will is for your life. See, our minds, our minds were born in this world. And what it means is that the world, our, our, the world had control of our minds. All the things that we did. Anybody ever done anything here they're ashamed of? I'm not going to raise your hand? I'll raise my hand. Ashamed of. Say, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life. You know, the first thing you're going to do when it comes to the flesh is you're going to see it. And when you start to see it, you're going to start to want it. And the next thing you know, it'll consume your soul. 
And the last thing that will happen, you'll say, I can get away with this. The boastful pride of life. I can justify my action. And that's what we do. God, did, God had this, this thing in mind that the church of God would be a glorious, powerful house of people who serve him and are loyal to him and honor him with their, with their all. They walk with him and they know exactly what God wants of them. So God sends apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists and people who minister in this way and that way, all to encourage us to live and to walk together in the building of the kingdom of God in the earth. Why? Because God is not just after your heart. He's after everyone's heart. And what does he need? He needs all of us to help others to find the way. What way? The way that you walk with God. Let me tell you. If you don't have it up here, it's going to be hard for God to speak to you here. The renewing of your mind is so important in this, is that you know what the will of God is for you. You know what love is, and you know what love isn't, and you know how to walk in love, and you know how to treat someone else, and you know how to act. But when you don't have that up here, you don't know that. It's an amazing thing. When we begin to reinforce our thinking with truth, God reinforces a transformation of our heart to that very truth. He begins to write it upon the tablets of our heart, and we begin to come the very word, that very word that he says we are. In other words, we just start loving And people say ugly things about us and we still love them. I'll remind you of a story, and I've said this before, of a, a lady who was held in a Nazi prison with her sister. And she hated the Nazis. She hated them with passion. She had no love in her heart for them at all. And she had been a Christian her whole life. Tori Tim, Tim Boone. But the thing was is that they helped people escape. The Jews escaped death by hiding them in their house and they got busted. And they threw them in prison and they were going to, they, they made life miserable for them. Her sister came to her one day and she said, Sister, you are wrong. Because you know that you're supposed to love the very people that hate you. You're supposed to love the very people who are causing you all this harm. So she went and got by herself, and she repented, and she asked God to fill her with the love of God. And God transformed her heart. And there was not one thing that they could do that could make her hate after that point. She kept loving them and serving them and helping them, and she was there for them, whatever they wanted to do. 
And her sister had a dream. She says, I, I had a dream that God's going to release us from here. And that sister got very sick and she died. But Tori Kim Boone had a message of God and God released her because she was supposed to go to the gas chamber. And God let her go. And she walked out of that prison. Look, we build our own prisons. The prisons of our own mind that hold us in captivity and misery and grief. If we just see the love of God one, one moment, it would change everything in our being, how much God loves us and how much God loves everyone and how God wants to reach every man, every woman, every child with his love and touch them. Uh-oh, I don't know how I'm ever going to learn how to preach for 30 minutes. Second Corinthians 3.6 says, But also, you also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, <coughs> not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Everything God has done for all of us was, was so that he could lead us by his spirit. But I found out a long time ago, when you're holding all this stuff in your heart, I don't care what it is, it's, it's very hard for God to lead you anywhere. Peace is the most important, one of the most important fruits of God that you have to keep in your heart all the time. It's one of the things the enemy is always going to try to steal out of your heart because if, he's, if he keeps you captivated in misery and hurt and all the other things that he does, it's very hard for him to, for you to hear what he's doing in you. It's a different story when you have peace because your heart is open to God. Your heart is open to the influence of God in your life. I promise you, all of you, that no matter who you are, garbage is coming your way. And it's going to be so easy to get angry and upset and overwhelmed with all the stuff that's going to happen in your life. And I'm going to tell you something. If you live in that, you cut off your life. You cut off your life. And the person that hurts is not the person who did something to you. It's you. You're the person who's hurting. You're the person who can't hear God. You're the person who can't move with God because you're so bound up inside with all the hurt that's going on inside of you. God wants to heal that hurt. And how does he heal it? Is when you learn how to forgive and let it go. Forgiveness is never about, about the other person. Forgiveness is about you. so easy to hold someone to account. The story of the shack was that this guy had two, his daughter and his son, and they put him on the, on the, on the throne to be the judge of 
who goes to hell and who stays. See, when we judge others, we're taking God's place. That's what we're doing. And we don't have a right to take God's place because we don't even know what God's doing. We can't even see what God is doing in someone else's life. We can't even begin to grasp it. But when we stand in judgment of somebody else, we're making a decision based upon our limited ability to see what's going on in their life. We think we know because they said something to us or they did something to us. So we think we have the right to condemn them and judge them and make them something that, that, that God never intended for us to do. So what they do, we make it personal as God brings it real to you, brings it home, and says, okay, which one of your kids goes to heaven and which one of your kids go to hell? If you're a judge, then you decide. And he said, I can't. Then he said, take me. Take me. You take my life. That's what the father did by sending his son. He couldn't do it either. So he sent his son to bear it all. You'll never be free. You will never be free until you let it go. You forgive. And you quit making judgment about someone else's life. Stop it. Do you know there's no perfect people? As perfect as we think we are, there's no perfect people. God, we all fall short, all of us. That's why it's so important that we just learn to be full of God and learn to move with God and Learn to love with God. Learn to be that servant of God to others. I'm going to read two last scriptures and I'm going to stop. For, though, for through the law I died to the law that I might live to God. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds. You see, it's real simple. Quit doing what you know doesn't please God. Stop it. Put off that old man that's dead. Put off that old man that's been nailed to the cross. Put off that old man that, that, that Jesus paid your sin for. I got news for you. You're a Christian. You're a new creation. You've been born again. You have the Spirit of God. You have the life of God. You have everything that, that God is in you. Why would you want to hold on to that old stuff and let it destroy you like rust to metal? Because that's what it does. You have put on the new man who's renewed in the knowledge according to the image 
of Him who created Him. In you. In Paul. In another Paul. In a Chad. In you. God has put in you His creation. Whether you know it or not, you are like God in your spirit. You don't have to live where you're living at any longer. You do not have to live in the gratification of your flesh any longer. It has no power over you. And the only power it has is the power that you give it. Because God's grace abounds. It's more than enough. It's sufficient enough. It's powerful enough against the power of sin. This morning, I want to say to you, you're free. But your biggest problem in that freedom is you. It's here. It's here. It's your mind. And it's what limits you from walking where John walked, where Peter walked, where Philip walked. The thing that limits you from the fullness of God and the fullness of His power thriving in your life is one thing. It's this. You put God in a box and you said God exists in this world because because this is my knowledge of what I think He is. And God is not a God in a box. He's a God of freedom, a God of liberty, a God of power, a God of might, a God of glory, a God who delivers and saves to the uttermost. He's a God who does the greatest things to mankind could ever understand or know. It's God. And it all belongs to you. All of it. All of it. All of it is yours. Because you belong to Him. That's why when you pray for someone who is hurting and sick, the gifts of healing begin to flow. And the reason they begin to flow is because of the God in you and His grace abounding through your life. Have you got a clue yet? It's not about you. It's all about Him. Let's all stand up. I'd say if you have something against someone this morning, someone who's offended you or hurt you or said something ugly to you or did something to you or you think God did something to you, I I would suggest at this moment that you would forgive. Forgiveness is a choice, my friends. It's not about emotions. It's about a choice of will, saying, God, I choose to forgive that person who hurt me. God, I choose to forgive. God, I choose to forgive you because I've been holding this against you. Look, 
The peace will come when you let go. The peace will come when you let go. Pray with me. Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, I forgive any who have harmed me or hurt me or sought for my destruction. Lord, I just want to let all of that go. I want to let all the hurt go. I want to let everything in my soul go that stands between you and me. And I ask you, Father God, to forgive me for acting like I'm God, that I have the right to choose and judge and condemn others. I do not, Father. Forgive me and let me live my life in liberty and the freedom of your spirit. Not holding, not judging, but just living in your love and in your peace by your Holy Spirit. God, we give you all praise and glory and honor. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today here at the Living Waters Church in Globe, Arizona. We hope you enjoyed the message by Pastor Jay Petty. May you have a great week and may everything you do be blessed by God.